Hey guys. So, I promised all of you that I was going to tell you in episode 4 all about losing my mom and the toughest things I've been going through. And unfortunately, I uh I didn't get to that. I failed in that. So, I'm going to go ahead and go into the story. And I'm going to start off with something happy. Something that I remember well. I still remember one of my happiest memories with my mom was when my mother, my daughter, and I were all together. We were going to Denny's. And I remember it was uh, it was a little chilly. It was uh, It was getting into fall. And it's nowhere near the time my mother spiraled out of control. But... <coughs> I, um... I remember walking in with both of them. Getting seated almost right away. It was a perfect day. I, um... My mother fed my daughter. And I simply sat and watched. I, I enjoyed sitting and watching. Now, when you remember the smiles when you're spending time with your kids or your parents and you remember the good times, you remember through this little, uh, this little filter, this, uh, you see only the good. There were plenty of bad as well. But I still remember that day at at Denny's where my daughter couldn't stop laughing and my mother couldn't stop smiling. I had just gotten a really, really nice job. And I was happy. I, I was doing well for myself. I enjoyed the job I was in. I enjoyed working those nights. Well, enjoyed working those nights. It wasn't long after that my mother was told that her condition was terminal. And I kind of sat there and ignored that. I'm not happy for that. I didn't do right by her. Now, obviously, there's a lot that goes into that. And we're going to get into that now. When she got diagnosed, she was told that she had pulmonary neuroendocrine hyperplasia. If you don't know what that means, its full name is single cell pulmonary neuroendocrine hyperplasia. If you want to, go ahead and pause the podcast and just look that up for a second. Because when she was diagnosed, she was one of the first 800 cases to have been diagnosed. 800. If you're not part of the medical community, you probably don't understand just how few people there were. There weren't enough people 
for there to be enough research to treat it or cure it or any of that. And there still isn't a cure, just a treatment. And the only way that they could have found it then was an open lung biopsy. Now, we're going to kind of trip into this here, but she ended up in the hospital with pneumonia. And they said that they saw something in her x-rays that didn't look right, so they went ahead and did a biopsy. And they found these black little nodules in her lungs. And it looked like her lungs were simply dying. They weren't taking in oxygen anymore. They were kind of seizing. And there's a few other conditions that mimic this very, very well. But this was something new, something they didn't know very well. Well, she got told about being pulmonary neuroendocrine hyperplasia. And I'm sorry for the big words and everything. There's no other name for it. People were being misdiagnosed with this and they were being diagnosed with asthma or COPD for so long that there are still times where I'm a little mad because my mother's time was stolen from her before they could ever find a treatment. And it's unfortunate because that's where our problems really started. She could barely breathe. If she walked too far or walked too fast, she would get sick and start coughing and panting and I would need to give her a breathing treatment or she'd have to bring her breathing treatment with her to work so she could use it when she was there and albuterol helped but it only did so much well unfortunately it kept going downhill from there albuterol eventually stopped working it stopped doing the work it should be doing and so they gave her an oxygen machine at home, a permanent one. And this oxygen machine was used to, um, well, keep her oxygen levels from going under a certain number. But again, even this only did so much. She was given oxygen tanks to take with her when she's traveling, when she's at work when she's in the car, when she's at the mall, walking around at all. And even then, she would still pant. So, I, I tried to deal with it in my own way. Yeah, my mom had an oxygen tank. Yeah, people are looking. I, I didn't care about that. But what I did wrong was that I didn't pay attention to it myself. And I didn't show her that I cared about the fact that she couldn't breathe anymore. I had been taking care of her for so long. Whenever she would have an asthma attack and I'd come running to come and help. <laughs> and even now, I have my own breathing issues happening. And just when uh, I thought I couldn't get any worse, it did. 
eventually the oxygen machine wasn't doing its work. And she was always so weak after having a, an asthma attack. Or I should I should say just a breathing attack since it's no longer asthma that I just kind of shut down and I didn't spend time with her I didn't spend time with friends I didn't spend time with anyone I just sat in my room and played video games or slept or went to work and I would show up to work two hours early every single day my excuse being that if I was a few hours early, not only could I get overtime, but I was there to help them. But the truth is, I was just lying to myself. I just didn't want to be in the house and having to be reminded that she is sick. And having to look and hear the machines all the time. And I regret that. I wasn't there for her in her biggest time of need. And very shortly after starting this job, I'd only been there about a year. And I... I had to be her caregiver in hospice, in home hospice. I don't know if you guys understand just how painful that is, but... I had to look her in the eyes every single day or when I was at work and my phone would go off I had to remind her just how much morphine or just how much of her other medication she needed to take because she would be sitting there freaking out because what the medical community doesn't tell you is that morphine speeds dementia along. And she had early onset dementia. So she would be freaking out and she couldn't remember what the dosage was. So she would call me and I would act annoyed. Not a day goes by that I don't regret that. Not a day goes by where I don't look back and wish I could have done something more. I guess what I'm saying is... Value your time. Value your parents' time. Value your children's time. Hug on them. Love on them. And remind them all you are there. And don't do what I did. Don't get annoyed. It's not their fault. They're just being who they are. They're just being themselves. And oftentimes they just can't help it because they're not feeling well. My mother died right next to me. Before I could even take notice because I brought all of my electronics into that living room, sat down next to her while she was sleeping, while she was lethargic. That's the word. 
and she drew her last breath right next to me without me ever taking notice. It wasn't until who knows how long that I paused my game to do one of my interval checks of her to see if she was still breathing, if she was okay, if her temperature had gone down a little bit because she had been panting, breathing hard, and having a high temperature since the night before. When I realized she wasn't breathing, and I told my best friend who happened to be on the mic, Ken, I gotta go. My mom just stopped breathing. What followed was the hardest series of phone calls I have ever made. The first one was to her best friend, Samantha, to ask her to come over because the next call was hospice. And while hospice was on the way, the next call was to my dad and then to my boss and one of her greatest friends, Roger and Carol. And then to Ron, one of her other best friends. And within the first few hours, her sister, her brother, the rest of the family had to hear from me. It was the hardest morning of my life because I didn't sleep. My battle buddy actually drove two hours to check in on me. And there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about all this. Do me a favor. I want you to walk into the next room or I want you to pause this podcast now. Call your kids. Call your husband, your wife, and your parents. And even your best friend, maybe a neighbor. And tell them you love them. And that you hope this never happens to them. I'll see you guys next episode. And thank you. You guys are amazing. I know this is all very, very sad. But this is the honest to God truth. My story what hurt me the most.